Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Keyshawn, J. Will, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guys join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning from New York City. Alan Hahn, Bart Scott in with you today. Bart and Hahn, back together. Hahn! I mean, it's been a while. I never asked you, did you, did you miss me? Or, like, because you were also reunited with Chris Carlin, yeah. who was the guy you used to do shows with right. as well. So, like, I want to almost ask, like, who do you prefer? Hmm. Why you, you, Alan, you, Alan, no, no, I prefer, no, no, I prefer my was, dog. That, that pause was unnecessary. No, I was just going with it, man. Mm, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'll see Carlin at 2 o'clock. You sounded so happy. You? <laughs> <laughs> sounded like you were enjoying it. You like me a smoke. Me a little smoke. <laughs> Who you want? Me a little smoke. I don't know. You know, he never yelled at me like you do. I'm just saying. I almost... Does Keyshawn have a mustache? I told you, you cannot trust a black man over 40 without a mustache. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why do you say that? It's urban fact, man. Why is that urban fact? Explain. Name me a black man over 40. I don't. I, you, you trust Isaiah Thomas? And that's my dog. You trust him? I mean, not to run my basketball team. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's like certain, certain things, man. You got to say, why is the old black guy trying to look young? Why are you shaving all your face around? Who you hiding from? What does it have to do with being black, though? What about a white guy that doesn't mustache like myself? No, it's different. Why is that different? Guys are raised different. I need to see. This is the uncomfortable conversations we need to have in these things. I need to know why that's Listen, a man, thing. I'm just telling you. All right, all right. Go, go buy something from a black man with no facial hair before. Watch what happens. <laughs> you're going regret, to regret it. Regret it. I promise you. How do I transition from the 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776? Hey, if you're a black person out there and you're over 40 and you trustworthy, call in. I need to I need to check your resume. <laughs> Fair enough, but in the meantime, um, in the NFL and around the sports world, as we know, uh, the vaccine has become a major part of players and and rules that they have to follow. Yeah. Uh, the NFL, as they're getting ready for their season, that has certainly become some. The college football as well. You're seeing some work, some programs that are getting to 100 percent staff, player, everything. Right, I think it's the Atlanta Falcons. Right, I believe they got to a hundred percent. All yeah. their players, their staff, coaches, everybody uh, vaccinated, which allows them to to just go through the season following certain set of rules. Where if you have on other teams unvaccinated players, those players are subject to a different type of rules to protect themselves and protect uh, the the rest of the team. Because right. what the league doesn't want, of course, is to have a situation where you have an outbreak or a couple Tennessee of players, Titans. and then you can't play. Well, yeah, you have the head coach, Mike Brabel. Yeah. So you don't want to have where you might have to not have, play a game, forfeit a game, because they have to move on. The business has to move on. So with that in mind, you heard John Mara, the Giants owner, uh, last week talk about how he wishes there was more of a mandate, that, there, that he wishes there was the ability to have every single player, every person on your staff uh, vaccinated. But they can't make that rule. They can't do that. Jerry Jones, the Dallas Cowboys owner, was on a 104. 105.3 The Fan, his weekly appearance down in Dallas. And he went a little bit deeper on the idea of the players who are unvaccinated and just offered this this kind of explanation of why he feels like every player owes it to his team to get the vaccine. Everyone has a right to make their own decisions regarding their health and their body. Uh, I believe in that completely. Until your decision as to yourself impacts negatively many others, then the common good takes over. And I'm arm-waving here, but uh, that has everything to do with the way I look at our team, the Cowboys, or the way I look at our society. 
we have got to check eye at the door and go forward with we. Uh, you Dallas Cowboys are doing that. Got to move forward with we. And that's yeah. that's what that's what the Cowboys are trying to do here. He's trying yeah. to get the Cowboys at 100% uh, to 100%. I mean, I don't know if they're going to get there obviously, but still Bart, th- we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show, but we wanted to bring it back because of of it goes beyond, like I said, people have their own choice. Right. You have your choice of what you want to do. So there's no rule to it. And in regular society, everybody's going to have their ability to make that choice. But in the NFL, it does feel like if you're a player who doesn't believe in Cole Beasley's one who's been outspoken mm-hmm. about it, you don't believe in getting the vaccine, you don't want to, whatever it is, you're going to feel pressure. Now, not just from ownership, like hearing two owners that like we right. just heard Jerry Jones say, not just from them or from the league, but how about in the locker room? Yeah. Like, I feel like maybe not yet, but there could come a point where this becomes a contention in a locker room that could break up a team. Well, you talk about a sport that is always consistently looking for an advantage, whether they're breaking down film, whether they're sending scouts to your game to try and steal your signs, whether you talk about deflating footballs, you're always trying to look for a competitive advantage. (laughs) And seemingly 100% vaccination could be a competitive advantage because you don't want to be that guy that potentially costs your team to forfeit a game and also their paychecks as well. So when you talk about check the eye at the door, what he's saying is, listen, not only do we have like each other responsibility to each other to make sure that we can try and come out here, we're putting our health at risk by playing the game of football. And now we, you know, you talk about being able to protect your brother and not being the person that can potentially be a carrier that can give it to somebody, but also it's going to stop you guys from being able to get back on time. We also have another responsibility to our television partners to make sure that we're able to put games, schedule games on, on, on a game. Can you imagine a primetime game coming up and you get stuck with like, now you got to go Cincinnati, Jacksonville. You got to watch some crap like that and how to, the responsibility. <laughs> we're all talking about salary caps going up next year, the TV, new TV deals coming in. So that's where you talk about the greater scheme. You talk about the macro and the micro, you know, consequences to your decisions and saying, hey, listen, it could be a competitive advantage for us to be able to, to, to you know, beat a team because they may, you know, lose a great player. It's going to happen, right? We saw it in the playoffs with basketball. We saw Chris Paul miss some games. Now his team was able to, to kind of pick up the slack, but what if you can't? And it costs you at the end of the game. It costs you an opportunity. It's that one well, game that you miss somebody. You could, you don't go to the playoffs. Yeah, there's that. Trying to win the Super Bowl. There's that. There's also the different set of rules. Yeah, that that players who are vaccinated and players who are not have to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, just for for the reasons that the yeah. league put out there. But yeah. you know, more of what Jones said as well was in the Dallas Morning News, and you know, it does feel certainly like there's a there's a a pressure. Yeah, but it's not the pressure of get it. You know, get it because you know there, there's certain rules. It's more like get it so you're a team player. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation yeah. now. Like you've got to do this because it's for the good of the team. He says right. this: this is a team game. We rely on each other to play. We rely on each other to win. We have to have each other. There's 11 guys out there at any one time to be tried about it, and you have to count on the other guy being available. And you certainly don't want to do anything that causes your teammates to not be available. Yeah. And all that comes from the same conclusion as far as what you agreed to be as far as a player be part of a team. But it also probably, I would think, what you're doing during the season, yeah. you know, guys go out, guys going to do stuff. Like, you know, it's just, just, well, just your young men. Kids, your kids too. Like that's also a suggestion of don't do anything that could compromise you coming into the locker room right. and getting other people infected. Like, like be smart about what you're doing. 
Right. Like that's that is something that you have to consider. But what Jerry Jones is saying does sound like more pressure. Yeah, and I wonder when it comes down to we had Tannenbaum on, we talked about it, right? You know, is that a determining factor when you decide who's going to make this roster and who's not? Now, we know whether DeAndre Hopkins decides to get, you know, vaccinated or not, he's going to be on the team. They're going to take that risk because the talent, you know. Yeah, they're going to – whether they cut you or not. But, 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 all right, maybe I should phrase it this way. Should John Mara, should Jerry Jones be saying this stuff this way? Is it right for them to be doing this? They might have their opinion on it. Yeah, it's right. their team. They own it. And we're seeing companies, we're seeing restaurants, you have to prove your vaccine just to get in the restaurant. That's all becoming part of the norm. But is it right for them to say it? Is it right for Jerry Jones to say it this way? Oh, well, you know, you're part of a team. Yeah. Hey, you know, you, you yeah. signed up for this. You're supposed to be part of a team. Do what's right. Right. And listen, it's, at the end of the day, I still believe it's about choice. And some people just aren't going to be comfortable with it, and you have to deal with it and live with it. But they're trying to get as much as they can. It's above 80%, I think, allows you to be able to go around your facility a certain way. Last year was tough. It was counterproductive, especially for the young players and guys who don't learn via Zoom or being able to – they have to see it, be around people and stuff like that. And you talk about the isolation that these guys had last year. So you talk about you want to make sure that you can have a team environment. Guys can sit at the table and eat at lunchtime, right? That's all part of the team building part, right? The hardest part – Part about when you're trying to bring a, a group of individuals together is for them to understand the why. We all know the what. We're here because we want to make money. We want to try and win a championship. But why? What pushes you? What's your motivation? That all comes with intimate moments with your teammates. And to do that, you have to be able to be around each other outside of a football setting or outside the field. You got to be able to sit down. You're not really talking to your teammates on offense or, or certain parts of the, or, of the team when you're out there practicing. You're with your position group. You're talking to your coach. When you become a team, become a family, a tight-knit unit, it's when you have those intimate times where you have no choice but to sit next to a guy that you never really talked to. Right. Yeah. And what you want to make sure is that everybody is safe, stays safe, and yeah. you can finish out the season because in the end, it is still about the business. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12 announcing an alliance. Hopefully this alliance will really stabilize the different issues that we're facing in college athletics. The foundation of college sports is in many respects, in turmoil. To the three of us, we felt the stabilization of the current environment across Division I and FBS and in Power 5 in particular. This was a chance for a new direction. All right, so yesterday there was some news that we were expecting to get, but I don't know if it was in the way it was uh, formulated, and that is the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 announcing an alliance to bring those conferences together but not necessarily the way we thought it would be. Now, what does that mean? Yeah, well, that's, let's, let's find out what that means. Let's bring in Heather Dinich, our ESPN college football writer, who joins us on the Goodyear Hotline, and Heather has the story right now on ESPN.com. So, Heather, let's just begin with that very simple question. What does this alliance mean? Well, I think at the heart of it, it means that those three conferences have an unwritten agreement, we're not going to steal each other's teams. That's important because, as ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips pointed out, typically, as you look back at history and realignment, one thing sparks another and another and another, and this is their way to create some stability. But that being said, What does it do to the rest of the Big 12? As they're united, does it create more division amongst the 10 FBS conferences? And George Klyovkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, 
told me yesterday that in the next coming days, before the end of this week, the Pac-12 is going to decide if it wants to expand. Clearly, after the alliance, they're not going to take any schools from the Big Ten or the ACC, so do they look to the Big 12? That's where the X factor is in all of this. Do the Pac-12 university presidents and chancellors want a foothold in the state of Texas, in the central time zone? If they do, I can almost guarantee you Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor, they'd all jump at the opportunity if, if it was presented. If that were to happen, the rest of the Big 12 would probably dissolve. Mm. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Reminds me of the old Big East, you know, the Big East out here. Where Just picking it apart, before. right? Yeah, so, I mean, to your point, what happens to Big 12? Who's the most desirable um, team in the Big 12 now that you know, they don't have Texas and Oklahoma anymore? Well, it depends on who you ask. I mean, Iowa State has been a fabulous program. People in that league absolutely applaud Oklahoma State for what they've done from a football perspective. Um, but again, as you have these conversations, if you're a university president, you're talking about more than just, hey, do they play good football? You're Especially in the Pac-12, which is what this all this alliance is all about. You're talking about research institutions that are among the best in the country in collaboration with the Big Ten and ACC. That has to be emphasized here that, in, and you will hear them say ad nauseum, like-minded institutions, right? Mm. Can the, that sort of shrinks the Pac-12's pool of candidates, right? Can you get that out of any of those remaining eight schools in the Big 12? Heather, what, Heather what, like when it comes to impact, though, the minute we saw on Alliance, we're thinking, oh, wow, we'll have these great crossover games where you'll see USC, Michigan, or, or you know, that kind of stuff. You know, Clemson playing USC, UCLA, Michigan, you know, who in who Oregon coming out and playing who. Like, that's what you thought you'd see. But obviously, they already have these schedule um, uh, agreements already in place for the next couple of years. So from the fan standpoint, from the TV standpoint, just from uh, an outsider standpoint, what does this alliance mean, and you know, is it something that is we're going to notice an impact? Well, as Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren pointed out yesterday, and you mentioned, from 2022 to 2035, there are already 68 non-conference games in the books. And they, they said specifically, we have no intention, we promised that we wouldn't blow up these existing contracts. So where does that leave us? So then you turn to the Big Ten and the Pac-12, which play nine conference games. They have to make a decision. Do they want to go to eight conference games to free up a spot to add one of those types of marquee matchups that you're talking about? But guys, I have spoken to people involved in these conversations one of the questions that they're going to have to ask themselves is what when when you're talking about those marquee matchups you're talking about USC, Ohio State, mm. Penn State, the big brand name schools, right? Do they want to share the revenue with ev with everyone? How does that work when they're the ones bringing in the bulk of the attention for those games. I mean, I'm not sure, and no offense to, you know, Wake Forest and, and Cal, <laughs> but I don't think those are the matchups that we're talking about right. here, right? So yeah. how, do, how do Ohio State and everybody else feel about carrying the weight? What does this expansion mean for, I mean, what does this alliance mean for the expansion of the college playoffs? Will they maybe speed it up a little bit more? 
So my sense is that this is going to be delayed. They're all meeting in late September in Chicago, September 28th, and the 10 FBS commissioners are meeting again with the 11 presidents and chancellors with the power to change the playoff. And George Klyovkov in the Pac-12 yesterday said his conference is still 100% behind expansion, but there are some questions at the margin. Kevin Warren in the Big Ten said that he's also a proponent of expansion. Remember, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were really the two leagues that kind of were the drivers forces behind this entire thing. Uh, but Kevin Warren said, we want to be methodical and do our homework. And in the ACC, Jim Phillips said, well, we're not quite sure what we want to do yet. So these three commissioners who are new were not part of the working group that put together that 12-team proposal. Everything's going back under the microscope. You know, it might be 12, it might be 10, it might be 8. There might be different variations of what we've already seen from the proposal. I do think at some point it'll expand. I don't think that it will happen before this contract. Heather Dinich joining us right now on the Goodyear Hotline, ESPN College Football senior writer who has it right now on the .com, the story about the alliance between the Big Ten, ACC, and the Pac-12. Something that, uh, Heather, that uh, Paul Feinbaum has uh, opined on in the past, and we've talked to him about it, is the fact that the growth of the SEC into its own superpower, and now this alliance and what that could lead to, he feels like there's going to come a time where you won't need the NCAA to run college football. Like, they'll handle it on their own. These conferences will do it on their own. With this going on, are you hearing anything along those lines that there could come a time where the SEC just says, I, we don't need the NCAA to run our football. We'll just do it ourselves, have our own championship, because our teams really are the, are the superior teams. Well, it's not just the SEC that has the potential to think about. I mean, the Knight Commission, the brains of what happens in college athletics have suggested, as a matter of fact, treat college football for what it is, which is a separate entity. As all of these things we're talking about snowballs into this NCAA constitutional convention that's on the docket for November and a restructuring of the NCAA, I'm talking to people left and right who say, what in the world does Alabama have in common with Fordham, and why are they all trying to do the same thing and play under the same rules? And, and a big part of that centers around college football. So, yes, I, I think Paul is on target that at some point we could absolutely see that. And college football, even as we talk about the Big 12, that is dictating a lot of this. Yeah, that's the conference. You certainly have to keep an eye on what happens with those teams, what happens with that conference, because they are the team that's being left, the conference is being left out right now. Heather, thanks so much. Great stuff as always. Thanks, guys. All right, Heather did it. It's on the Goodyear hotline. But part is something. I know you're a 1AA guy, yeah, so for you. double slappy. Right, so for you, <laughs> I like, you know, you weren't in that world, but you, you know it well enough now, like, well, just to imagine – what happens if you're the Big 12? You got to so be much revenue, concerned. Man. So much revenue. You talk about the TV money that's involved. That's why they can afford to pay these coaches. Like I remember, like Harbaugh, his assistants made a million dollars a year. I mean, it's big business, and finally they're recognizing for what it is and trying to figure out really what does the NCAA do, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, do we really need them? And this has been something well, that's a alliance, long time coming. It's not just about football too. It's men's and women's basketball, as right. you know, a lot of those programs are ACC, especially Pac-12. A lot of big time basketball programs there. Uh, that will be affected by this as well. By the way, Heather, Heather Dinich was brought to you by Barbasol Shaving Cream. Barbasol comes out thick and rich and doesn't break down. That's why Barbasol is America's number one shaving cream. Close shave America. Close shave Barbasol. Yes. So that is the, a big story for the last couple of days in college football. We continue, though, 
on the on the on the NFL front and also an NBA story that you've got to hear mm. that involves a player who left millions on the table because his agent told him to. Ooh. And then later on, the agent, nowhere to be found when it came time to find that million. You seen Johnny? that after this <laughs> from Straight Talk. 5G's here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract to get in on the action. Well, not anymore because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide with plans starting at just $35 a month with no contract. Get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, all in America's best networks. 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. As a fan, this is amazing. This no, is it the is. time of the year. This is what we talked about. This is real, man. This is real. Are you ready? Because I'm ready. This is Scott Van Pelt, and I'm ready. This is Keyshawn Johnson. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are ready. This is Stanford Steve, and I'm ready. This is the Bear, and I'm ready. Football is back, and it kicks off every morning with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, and continues all day right here on ESPN Radio. Brought to you by Skechers. Skechers, comfort included. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn, Bart Scott in for the guys this morning. And Bart, did you always trust your agent? Yeah. No, well, I had one that I didn't trust. Yeah, I mean, I, I oh, So you've had multiple. So you, you've had I, I had two. I fired his ass quick. Quick. Yeah, Vern Charbaugh. Got him up out well, of there. Oh, yeah, name him, too. What, what, made you, what made you fire him? Because he was one of those agents that just wanted to be cool with the um, – because I was an undrafted free agent. Yeah. So, he's one of these guys that just wanted to be cool with the teams so he can make sure he still get his 3% commission. So, he didn't want to price me out. So, he didn't fight for no type of extra money for me. So, when I was able to get a big contract, my second contract, I fired his ass. I was gone. And he told my agent one price. My agent got me quadruple what he was suggesting that I should get. Mm, okay. So, yeah. So, you didn't want to leave money on the table. This story Brian Windhorst uh, has – on the dot com, by the way. On the dot com. ESPN.com, mm. yes. On the interwebs, mm. on this uh, this here computer. So it's the HTTP. Something like that, yeah. Anyways, Nick Center Nerlens Noel has filed a lawsuit against Rich Paul, who's become a very powerful agent in the NBA. Clutch Sports is the agency, and of course we all know Rich Paul and LeBron James very closely related. But this this lawsuit against Rich Paul – by Noel, claims that he lost $58 million Ooh. in potential salary 
while he was being represented by Chris Paul, uh, by Rich Paul, yep. uh, from 2017 to 2020. So this goes back to when he was with Dallas and he was a restricted free agent. And the Mavericks had offered him a four-year, $70 million deal. Yep. At the time, he was represented by Happy Walters, an yep. agent. And he met Rich Paul, uh, you know, and Rich Paul talked him into leaving Happy Walters and signing with Clutch. Oh. And then when he did that, he claims that Rich Paul then told him, don't take the deal. Go bet more. on yourself. Go into free agency that you could make way more than $70 million. Now, New Orleans Noel broke his thumb that season, so bet on yourself. That's you know a risk you take. Yeah. And then Noel says that that after that, um, he played the next two seasons. Didn't resign with Dallas. Spent the next two seasons with Oklahoma City, making the league minimum. Wow. Ooh. And says that Clutch didn't really make him a priority, didn't help him out, didn't do anything to help him. Yeah, that's And so he ended up happens. signing last year then with the Knicks, became a backup center. Again, all, you know, minimum type salary. Yeah. But had a great finish to the season, was one of the top defensive centers of the game, and then re-signed with the Knicks. But that's still, you that $70 that million that was on the table, yeah. he walked away from. And now he's claiming that the agent was the one who told him not to. So, like, do you see here that this is some negligence by Rich Paul, by the agency? Or is this, no, as well, you took the advice – and that's on you. Yeah, it, it's tough, right? Because at the end of the day, you are the boss, right? But you, you would think a guy like Rich Paul, who's highly connected, is probably telling him, hey, man, listen, I got, listen, I'm, I'm talking to people, man. We and by the way, in, way in the lawsuit, there's other teams, the Clippers and I think the Sixers, who later told Nerlens the well, we wanted to sign you. They didn't oh, take so, our call. So if he never, so if he never gave him that information, that he never took the call, he didn't give yeah, him that all was, the information. That, that's not. One of the neg- other things alleged is that that there were other teams. Now, that that's negligent. He's claiming other teams told him yeah. that they wanted to sign him and that they never could get in touch. But with Rich how Paul. many of those teams will put that to? Yeah. Put that on paper because they don't want. Well, wanna, in the lawsuit, they, you're going to have to attest right, to it. Right. Right. So they're going to have to, you know. Uh, communicate under oath that they said that and then is that somebody speaking out of turn like you know our guys coach like hey man you know we're trying to get you what's up man Rich yeah, Paul never yeah, hit yeah. his back or is it going to be somebody that's going to put their stamp on and say hey listen I tried to reach out to your agent he didn't call us back we just assumed that you weren't interested and if he didn't give that information to, to Noel then that's negligent and that's, that's a fireable offense well he's already fired but then that's a suable offense as well because you didn't give me the opportunity to make the right what do you call it fiduciary you know responsibility to give me all the inf- information and try and act out of not your own self-interest, but also the interest of me, the player. Mm, yeah, no, you got to keep an eye certainly on this one. Uh, I think it was Marcus Morris. Um, was it Marcus Morris, right? He had a deal with the Spurs but didn't want to sign there. Rich Paul was his agent. Yeah. Ended up breaking the deal because he didn't want to sign there. Yeah. Ended up going uh, to New York and then has moved on. Man, look what happened to since Str- then. Struder. But, like, keep I it, mean, that was Well, that's, yeah, that's completely different. 80- but that see that's a report that they that, see I've heard that they didn't necessarily offer him that money that was just something that was okay you know suggested like a parameter of what he could get but I don't think from what I've heard he wasn't actually offered see, but that's what that's what that happens money. when you go with these high price you know high impact type of agents right and you get buried it you get buried right you get buried yeah because the they're priorities. representing big t- big right, name I mean, right. he's got and they like Davis like he's got million, some big stuff they're like seventy million dollars come on man please do not take my pocket change You're like come on man <laughs> I don't know about like, that but but no like when you look looking at that and look Looking at, you know, Embiid is making $50 million a year, and you're talking about getting the commission off of that, you kind of get buried. And then when you try and call some of these high-priced agents, you can't – you don't get them. You get their, like, Well, you're not a priority. Assistant. Right, you get their first assistant. Right, you but know, if you're telling I, me to turn down $70 million, you damn well better make me a priority then. If you're telling me that, yeah. you better make me a priority. He's saying he didn't, and 
just keep in mind the reason why this is a story because you know these things happen a lot with players and agents it does happen but because it's who it is it's rich paul yeah. very, and he has grown quickly as a very powerful agent Backed by lebron in the nba so it's a story certainly to keep an eye on all right 888 say espn 888-729-3776 let's go to the calls fred is in utah fred hey what's up fellas how we doing what up hey boy next time uh Jeff Saturday show up like that. You know what to tell him when he starts talking about his head. Just say, "Man, that ain't nothing but ultra perm." <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I want to say to the little shout out to the little brothers. Shout out to the little brothers of New York. They always can't start their season chirping, chirping, chirping. Met Jet Net. Never buy in. They'll break your heart every time. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah. See, I know what he's talking about. Thank you, Fred. See, the Mets had been a red hot team oh, for they, so oh, long. They've been talking hot fire, man. And they are just, I mean, have you talked to Pete Alonso lately? Uh, he's still doing his thing, man. The, the fact that, they, you Ooh, know, Jacob uh, DeGrom, who was not yeah. only going to be a Cy Young, but probably the MVP, him and Otani, were probably going to win both. Mm-hmm. Not available. Now you got to figure out. Do but it's amazing how it's flipped. Yeah. The Yankees have now been caught fire when they were so bad in the first yes. half. It, it's, it's just amazing how that's flipped. All right, we got to take this because you, you brought this up earlier, this point about black men over 40 without a mustache. Trust him. Well, like you said that. I'm still trying to figure out what you mean. Corey's in South Carolina on this topic. Corey. <laughs> Corey. Corey, what's up? See, you hey. can't trust him. Big, no. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Hey, what's going on, guys? How y'all doing this morning? Good. Maintaining. Good, good. Yes, this is to my big little brother, Bart Scott, who made that asinine <laughs> statement about <laughs> Guys, call it forty over forty without you know with no mustache. Come on, like Bart, you just threw the right word fiduciary. So <laughs> in this sense, you have a fiduciary responsibility to your own people not to make those ignorant statements like that. Come on, bro. You like, trust it's hard enough out here on the yard for us <laughs> as is, and then here you go, you know, flaming it up. Don't do that, bro. All right, Corey. <laughs> All right, you got your piece. Mike in Michigan also wants to sound off on this. Go ahead, Mike. I'm still trying to figure it out. Hey, hey. How you doing, hon? All right, what's up? <laughs> How you doing? All right, hey, hey, Bart. What's up? What's the coordinator's name from the OC and DC from Tampa Bay? Oh, Ty Bowles? I don't trust him either, especially not around my what? Orioles. Hey, they just won a Super Bowl. Hey, hey. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Of all the statements that you have made. Did you trust Todd Bowles? Did you trust Todd Bowles when he was here with the Jets? As a head coach? Head coach? I mean, I, 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 I did trust him for a while. But, but man, eventually he broke your heart. You're going to have to explain that to me when oh, we get man. to the break. Because that, that, is, that is definitely something that I really I need to understand what you <laughs> meant. But it is funny how people do want to. React to that, and of course, we invite you to eight 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 say ESPN eight eight seven two nine three seven seven six. But coming most back, de- most deacons in churches don't have facial hair. When we come back, the Rams are going back to Georgia to a Georgia running back. Mm. That's next. KJZ ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel Eight. Coming up today on Today in Gola, Georgia. Jackson State head football coach and Pro Football Hall of Famer Deion Sanders. As our countdown to the kickoff of the football season rolls on, Deion Sanders with Janae Angola Jr. Today at 5 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn, Bart Scott in with you. Yeah, man. And we will be for the rest of the week. You're talking about all the way Fired up, Fired up to be with me here? Yeah, yeah, man. You know what's crazy? When you just said that, I, I realized we never had opportunity to talk about, like, the locks and the dip set. Um, versus battle oh, that was in the garden. Damn. But, you know, me and Jada played in a couple of, um, um, you know, celebrity um, basketball games, man. And he's a cool dude, Jet fan. I was going to, you know how Lil Wayne does, like, the other shows, like, kind of intro. Yeah. I was going to try and call Jada, but the price went up, man. He just proved that he's top five dead or alive, man. I don't know if we can even afford him. I don't even know if we got enough money in the budget. Are Maybe he'll do it off the love on the strength. For him, just, for him to just, just step in, step into the show. Oh, uh, man. I love did he Jada, not? Man. Did he not give a lesson, though? Yo. That, I know it's from a couple of weeks ago. Craftsmanship. Like just, man, he just showed his levels to this, man. Yeah. Like, man, like, and we've been, ignore, we've been ignoring him for years to talk about he was the best t- top five dead or alive. And we've been kind of, man, when, when you put his, his, his lines, his bars up against everybody else, mm-hmm. it looked like he was playing child's play with them out there, man. Yeah. Jada, holla at us, man. Come on, man. Do a, do a verse for us for our intro, Barton Hine, the remix. By the way, that intro to that show is the greatest intro of any show ever. It is. Get you fired up. Jada, get people but, going. But Jada can remix it, man. Oh, put that voice in, that raspy voice. And it's like crazy. He's one of the very few dudes who voices deeper when he's talking than he actually rapping, man. It's crazy. That's a good thing. Raspy. So the Rams uh, made a move, and they had to because they had such injury issues in yep. their backfield. As you remember, uh, right out of the gate, Cam Akers tore his right Achilles. Then you have – uh, Daryl Henderson, yeah. who uh, it's a thumb, thumb, yeah. hand. I know it's something like that. that, that that's ma- that's major for that's major for a running back. You so talk you about fumbles with yeah. Matt Stafford. So they had to do something. They make a move for Sony Michelle and the Patriots. Uh, you know, just get a couple of conditional picks. But you know, you add a guy like Sony Michelle to that backfield. Does that? You know, whether or not we don't know what you know the extent of Henderson's injury is, but yeah, still, Tony Michelle helps at least. Yeah. It's not Cam Akers, obviously, yeah. but it helps. I mean, I think I think it is to a certain extent. I think it's a little bit of Todd Gurley. Now, maybe he's not as explosive in the passing game, but he is a good screen catcher, and he's a guy that's downhill, straight, straight north south, which is what you want—a one-cut guy. You remember the Rams when they're at their height when they went to the Super Bowl? They had a, bu- a bunch of jet motions, things of that sort. They can have that with just, with Deshaun um, Jackson being able to stretch the field. Now they can utilize. 
utilize so much of the field now that they have Sonny Michelle who can run in between the tackles and also break tackles. Like, he was a guy that averaged like 5.7 yards a carry. The problem is in New England, they always go like running back by committee. They got these specialists. And you think about the, the Damon Harris guy that they have, like he's much younger. And I think if you give Bill Belichick some truth serum, he said, man, I was right to pick a Georgia, you know, the Georgia running back was the right call. I just picked the wrong one. I should have went with Nick hmm. Chubb. Yeah, well, they, again, if you're the Rams, you had success previously, Todd Gurley, so now you see if it can work Some out. balance. Uh, if it can work out for them because they are a team after making that trade. You say, you know, is that a Super Bowl or bust? They're all in. They're all in. They have to be. They're all in, man. You make they a trade like chips. that. Yeah. No, you certainly have to be, and they're in a very tough division, no question about it. All right, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. A little caller roulette here. Let's spin it. We go with line two. Line two, yes, that's me. I'm Greg from New York, What's living that? in North Carolina. I have a question for my man Bart. What up? The scenario is everybody say Dave Getterman made some good choices, some bad choices, but my thing is how come we didn't just draft Fields if everybody's skeptical about Daniel Jones? Why would you trade that pick and just keep them? And then if it don't work out, you keep Fields. If it does, then you can trade them. Well, you talk about like, listen, quarterbacks are very uncomfortable with people behind them. And you, this is the third year for Danny Dimes. You're hoping that you go out and get his top receiver, much like Josh Allen. When you look at what their numbers were year two to year three, you know what I mean? You, they were huge for Josh Allen once he was able to get Stephon Diggs. They go out and get Kenny Galladay. They should, they solidify the offensive line at least as much as they can. You expect Daniel Jones to have that same jump. I think you can't give up on Daniel Jones so early and be able to kind of put that type of pressure on him because not everybody can handle the pressure, especially in New York. You heard Winston talking about how difficult it is, or even um, Jalen Rieger, how difficult it is to try and play for these type of markets that scrutinize everything. It can break players. Not everybody's built for that. Danny Dimes have shown that he has the right temperament to play in New York. Yeah, it's a huge year, obviously, for him, and Dave Gettleman certainly tethered to him. All right, let's spin it. Call the roulette right now on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Line five. What up? What's what up? up? What up? All right, I'm John from Wisconsin, just uh, calling to see what his thoughts are on the Vikings this year. It seems everybody's sleeping on them, and they have weapons galore. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely um, sleeping on on the Vikings. I think Daniil Hunter coming back, you know, is going to give them that that presence. They just re-signed Everson Griffin, who had six sacks, gives them depth. You know, I think that, you know, Harrison Smith, you know, I love I love Eddie uh, you know, Kendricks. Um, I think they're a complete team. It's, it's Ken Kirk Cousins kind of play the spoiler can they get back to playing great defense which they couldn't because you're on the outside with Jefferson you think about the you know the downhill running of Dalvin Cook I mean I think this is a complete football team and if you know I think they got the steal of the draft when I think I think that did they get Dershaw yeah they got uh, Christian Dershaw who I think was one of the best pass uh, blocking you know tackles in, in all of the draft. So, but also, they were a team that was rooting for Aaron Rodgers to not come back yeah, to Green yeah. Bay. Oh, they, they, that would have changed yeah. everything in that division, no doubt about it. What? All right, spin it. You like that? <laughs> Line three. I'm Harlem. Yo, what's up, man? It's Reggie from Harlem. What what's up, up what Reggie? up, man? We, I'm still going maybe yeah, I can get Han, maybe I can get Han up there, you know, one of these days, man. We can come up in oh, Harlem, to go get some, yeah, go get some stuff. Well, now we can, now we can. I'm going up there for lunch, yeah. All right, I'm gonna be looking for y'all, man. 
Han, I'm gonna probably have to bring you up there, man. Bart, Bart gonna keep telling you that 2022 gonna come and you're gonna still be waiting. You understand? Man. I have been there. It's not like I've never been there before. That's why I know it, and that's why I love it. So I will be there. Promise. All right, all right. All right. Listen, I'm a Yankee fan. That's the only team in New York that I like. But I rather Chapman is suspect, man. I don't. Yeah. I do not like a rather <laughs> Chapman. You be on pins and needles, man. He doesn't pitch. He just throws. They got to figure any- out. They've got to figure out, Reggie, if they're like the thing is, is well, we'll work through it. And let him figure it out. No, no. What they got to figure out yeah. is, is it time to pull the plug? Yeah. Let Johnny Lasagna close, man. Let that dude yeah. close. He's built for it. Like you see, he doesn't. He's the guy you say the, the slow. What yeah, did you slow say? Heartbeat. Slow heartbeat. Slow heartbeat. Yep. You know. Like, I think that's what they're going to have to get to that point. But because they pay him so much yeah. because of who he is, yeah, I think they don't want to no embarrass matter. him. I mean, ever Zach since. Zach Britton doesn't want to do it. Ever since the Spider Tacky 3000 has been in force, that, that baseball hasn't fell off the shelf. That slider hasn't been falling and having a control. And you argue that, listen, it's, it's one of these things. When you're pitching, you're accustomed to pitching in a certain way and using a certain type of stuff. I think it affected some pitchers. And I think it really affected Chapman more than most. Yeah, it seems like it. All right, spin it. Line six. Hello? Hello? Hey, this is Dallas from Wisconsin. What's up, guys? What's up, man? Uh, I was just wondering, what do you think the odds the Cowboys could actually beat the Buccaneers week one? Uh, For me, I think, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's how much confident we got. Line one. Hey, guys, this is Marty from North Carolina, and I'm a longtime Steelers fan, but I've always loved Bart because of his passion, the way he plays the game. Just really respect him. Oh, but that was mama, just a crazy mama. statement you made about black men with facial hair. Uh-oh. Um, that you can't trust them, man. I mean, how about Barack Obama? I don't trust Barack. What? Yeah, I do. Probably trust Barack. I don't know about Barack. I still Barack, don't man. understand I, this whole damn theory. I don't man. know about Barack, man. I don't know. I I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's it. a thing in the hood, man. It's a thing. This is what we say around each other, man. There's yet to be a caller who agreed with you. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm making it. Spin it, please. Todd Bowles. By the way, I love how fast Eagles fan Pat Costello did the X on the idea of the Cowboys beating the Bucks. <laughs> Line four. I guess when you get over 60, Corey from I guess New York. No hey, how you doing, Corey? Hey, guys. Uh, could Taco Charlton be an option for the Chet for a pass rusher? Oh, Taco. Oh, man, he's been a huge major disappointment, man. I don't know if you're going to give up draft equity, you know, because they have some underrated guys. They got BC level right past rushers. I don't know if you want to go and trade for another, you know, player like that. You know, I, I look at I look at guys that they have Franklin Myers as there. Benny Curry looks like he's going to be out for the whole season, too. Like he's not going to make his debut. Chiefs have cut so, him, I guess, so he's available. Yeah, so who? You just oh, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe maybe Beasley is out there, right? Like he's once a guy that that had a, a fifteen sack season. He's a guy that's kind of moved around. But the problem is now you're not going to get that complete pass rush. He's going to be either great pa- on the pass rush and horrible against the run. You're going to have to figure it out. But they definitely have to make a move if they just have any hopes of trying to sneak in one of these wild cards. It's going to take you know a, a great defensive effort. And before they had arguably, I think a top five defensive line. When you think about Rankins, Quentin Williams, right. and and Carl Lawson. I think they're ready for a breakout season. Right. Well, the, the news that they at least want to try to find somebody tells yeah. you they're not ready to certainly give up on the season. Do we have time for one more? Of course we do. Call the roulette. Line three. <laughs> <laughs> 
Of course. We don't have time to spin it, Bart. Oh, good, man. Well, this is knock the rust off, man. It's been Rizil. Yeah. It'd be nice if I could hear right now. That's all good. But no, I, it's not even necessary, man. Absolutely we absolutely can't hear a thing right closed now. Up, Terrible. Right? We'll not, just tell the people. Can't hear anything. We'll holler. You just you handle the, the part of taking yeah, it. Yeah, man, to listen, tune in tomorrow. We'll be back. Guess same what? Time, you get more station. of this tomorrow and Friday.